hello, hello. Welcome back to The Killer Kind. It's your host, Stephanie Miller, as always. If this is the first time you're hearing this podcast, I hope you'd hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening and leave a nice five-star review at the end of the episode if you enjoyed it. That just really helps people find the show and helps us out a lot. So today's a very special episode. This is our one-year anniversary episode. I nervously put out the very first episode on June 22nd, 2020, and I've received so much love and support since then. It's been amazing. Thank you guys again so much. I do have an exciting announcement for you guys at the end of the episode, so be sure to stay tuned for that. Now, I went back and forth on what I wanted to do with this episode. I didn't know if it needed to be a totally different type of episode Um, in what way, I don't know, but then I thought I'd give you guys what I already know you enjoy, and that is true crime stories. So I do have a case today to cover, but I'm going to go ahead and tell you this is a little different because there is little to no information out there about this case, but I had it on my list after this case got some buzz last year. So although it's frustrating that there isn't much information surrounding the murder itself or the investigation either, I do think it's an important case to cover because there has been some reports saying new DNA testing could solve this case. I'll give you all the details that I could gather as well as what's going on with the case now. So check it out and let me know what your thoughts are when it's over. So let's go ahead and jump into the brutal murder of Tammy Jackson. Tammy Renee Jackson was just one month out from her 17th birthday when she was brutally murdered in her hometown of Savannah, Georgia. In January 1994, Tammy was an 11th grader who loved dance, music, and loved to play the trumpet at Calvary Baptist Day School in Savannah where she grew up. Savannah had a population of about 130,000 people in 1995, so not the biggest city ever, but not a super small town or anything either. Tammy lived with her parents, Roy and Kay Jackson, twin sister Tara, and older sister Stacy. The entire family is well-loved in their community and their church. The family has stated that they always stood firm in their faith. But Tammy was going through a bit of a rebellious phase around the time of her death, which I would say is not terribly uncommon for someone her age. Everyone said she was a big sweetheart, but was really wanting to be more independent. Her sister Stacy Patterson described her as just a sweet, bubbly, kind girl, someone who had no beef with anyone. But someone certainly wanted Tammy dead. On January 26th, a couple of construction workers went to start their workday on the beautiful but remote part of Hutchinson Island when they made a gruesome discovery. Tammy's body was found hogtied with 130 stab wounds, and it was apparent that she had been ran over more than once as well. Her sister Stacy said what she must have gone through. I think about that all the time. She says, I pray... God, please, that she didn't feel all of what was happening to her when it did. I just have to believe that she was already on her way to heaven. So as I mentioned, there is very little information on this case, and I just have no idea why, but I'm going to piece as much together as possible for you here. So clearly whoever killed Tammy was evil and had some serious anger towards her. 
The amount of stab wounds that riddled this poor girl's body is what you would call overkill. This typically means it's a crime of passion, somebody that knows their victim. You would think it had to be somebody close to Tammy. Now, supposedly there were two sets of footprints found near her body, suggesting that there were at least two people involved in her death, which would make sense when you think about the number of stab wounds and the fact she was hogtied and ran over. It would have been a lot of work for just one person. It's just scary to think, too, that there could be two people teaming up to do something this horrific to such a young girl. So let's get into the area that Tammy was found in. So Hutchinson Island is pretty well known to locals. However, the exact area where her body was found was 15 minutes off of a main road. And very few people knew of this specific spot. You pretty much had to know where you were going. There's no way you just kind of stumbled to this area. But I will say it's accessible. There was a dirt road, um, a road nonetheless. Now, supposedly this was a spot known to teens or like a younger party crowd at the time because it was so secluded. It was the perfect spot for underage kids to drink and party. And at the time, it was rumored that Tammy was running around with the wrong crowd in the weeks leading up to her death. So let's get into that for a minute. So as I mentioned earlier, Tammy was going through a rebellious phase at the time. Well, that ended up causing a pretty big rift in the family, and she was actually asked to leave the home. It was that bad. Now, at the time, Tammy had an older boyfriend who was enlisted in the army and who just so happened to live on his own. Now, Stacy and some of Tammy's friends made it clear that she had a pretty tumultuous relationship with her boyfriend. A couple of weeks before her death, Tammy told her friend Katie that she wanted to talk to her about something, but she never did. Stacy believes it had to do with her relationship, but she couldn't say exactly what she wanted to say about it. Stacy said he wanted to isolate her from the family, and he had an apartment of his own in the area, so when Tammy had to move out of her family home, he quickly offered up his place. However, not long after Tammy moves in, her boyfriend is told that he has to go to Fort Benning for some training for a little while. And Tammy was scared of the dark and really didn't want to stay at this apartment by herself. So the boyfriend says that he has some friends that have an apartment not too far away and that she can go stay with them. So they were a couple who had a small baby and they agreed to let Tammy stay with them while her boyfriend was gone. And that's what happened. Tammy moves in with this little family and everything seems to be going well. As well as to be expected anyways. I mean, this was a 17-year-old girl living with two adults that she barely knew, it seemed like, and a crying baby. <laughs> so, on the evening of January 25th, 1994, Tammy needs a break from the apartment. She needs to get out. It's suggested that she just wanted some alone time. So, her sister said the family was irritating her a little bit and she just needed to get away. So, supposedly she goes out on foot and walks to a nearby convenience store. And we definitely know this because someone comes forward to say they saw her there. Now, I've heard mixed reports onto who this person was that saw Tammy at this convenience store or like gas station. I've heard it was the gas station attendant or someone else said it's another local man who worked for a cable company. I'm going to go with the local man. I don't know. I haven't been able to confirm that. Either way, one witness came forward to say that he saw Tammy at this gas station on the night of the 25th. 
She was seen talking to two men in a car, but seemed agitated or sort of uneasy. He said he couldn't tell what was going on or what these two guys were saying to Tammy, but he could tell something was wrong just by looking at her face. So he goes up to Tammy and asks if she's okay. Tammy said she was fine, and he didn't really push it any further. However, he said he could just tell something was wrong. He later said he would never be able to forget her face. That is why when he saw Tammy's face pop up on the news a few days later, he immediately called the local police department to report what he saw that night. Sadly, this guy was not really able to provide much information. He wasn't able to give a description of the two men in the car that night, nor could he give any detail about the car itself. He said he was too focused on Tammy and her demeanor, which is understandable, but disappointing to police, obviously. And since that day, no other witnesses have come forward, as far as the public knows, and there has been no leads or anything at all for police to go off of. Now, on a podcast episode of CSI Atlanta, All It Takes, Stacy talked about Tammy's boyfriend coming over to the family's home a few days after her murder. She said there had been a newspaper put out with a picture from the murder scene where you could see Tammy's body lying on the ground covered with a sheet. And surrounding her were several of these little yellow numbered markers indicating pieces of evidence. This photo was on the front page of the newspaper, and the family said they were pretty traumatized by that. But Tammy's boyfriend comes to the Jackson home with that newspaper in hand, and Stacy said he came in and just started talking about those little yellow markers and explaining what those were to the family and how the police supposedly shared specific details about the case with him because he was in the military. Stacy said she hated him, <laughs> so she didn't believe a word he ever said, especially not then. But her mom was eating it up, you know, just hanging on every word that he was saying. Stacy goes on to say that the next night, Tammy's boyfriend and Stacy's boyfriend, Danny, decide they're going to go out and look for the killers themselves. Apparently, one of them had an idea of who it was or an idea of where to look. So the two went out on their own. Now, unfortunately, Stacy said she was so mad that Danny went with this guy that she didn't even want to know what they did or where they went. And she said that, sadly, Danny isn't with us anymore, so she can't ask him now. In 2019, Stacy started a Justice for Tammy Jackson Facebook page, and that really seemed to kind of generate some buzz, or at least bring some light back into this case. Because CBS 46 crime scene investigator Cheryl Mack McCollum of Atlanta said she stumbled upon this case recently, and she couldn't even believe that she had never heard of it. She said, the most surprising part of this case is that there's nothing out there about it, as I mentioned in the beginning. And she really wanted to help, and she knew that CSI Atlanta could help as well. Now, CSI Atlanta, from what I can tell, is a group of investigators that have a show or a segment on the CBS 46 News in Atlanta. So, this group starts looking into who the killer or killers could be. Cheryl said it's been assumed that Tammy knew her killer, and she said that's certainly, certainly possible, but she also theorizes that maybe she didn't know this person. She could have just met an extremely organized killer, because this person had, one, a vehicle, they had the rope to tie her up with, and they had the murder weapon or weapons with them already. So this was clearly planned out. 
On October 24th, 2019, Stacy posted to the group saying they were scheduled to film for CSI Atlanta. And in that post, she mentioned that since starting the Facebook group, she has been in communication with at least three people who have had information that could be helpful to the case. Now, going back to CSI Atlanta for a second, their team had some ideas of what needed to happen in order to solve this case. One of the biggest issues with this case is that in 1994, there was little investigators could do with DNA. However, now we are much further along. Thank the Lord. So, in early 2020, Cheryl McCollum stated that her team had reached out to Francine Bardol. Francine Bardol is a forensic analyst based in Utah, and she specializes in cold cases. And a few years back, she created this method of testing that no one had ever done before. It's called the Bardol Method, and I'm sure it's very detail-oriented. I haven't seen like an exact explanation of what's so different about this method compared to others. But either way, I'm sure it cost a bunch of money, and I don't know how much. But from what I understand, the CSI Atlanta team reached out to Nancy Grace and the homicide hunters Carl Marino from the Investigation Discovery Series in order to help raise awareness for this case. So they put on a fundraising event over Valentine's Day weekend last year where Carl and Nancy were supposed to kind of just greet fans and speak briefly about the Tammy Jackson case. Carl said that when Cheryl told him about the case, he knew he had to help. Cheryl would later say that Carl and his wife would not let the team putting on the event pay for his hotel or gas like they had originally offered, and during his event, his wife handed Cheryl a very nice donation. The event was very successful, and the team made enough money to pay for the DNA testing done by Francine Bardol. Now, sadly, due to COVID-19, from what I've heard, all DNA testing was put on pause, at least at Francine's place of work. So, I don't know if this if that's still the case or not, but there hasn't been any update in the news or on the family Facebook page since October of 2020. However, on May 11th of this year, Stacy posted to the Justice for Tammy Jackson page to say that she still had no updates, but just wanted to check in. She said they're still waiting for results to roll in. So, again, I don't know if the testing has officially been done and we're just waiting on the results. I don't know how long that takes. I know that can take quite some time, usually. So, either way, I truly believe this case can and will be solved. I could go as far as to say any day now. It's just a matter of time. And it's just a matter of getting those DNA test results back. With that said, I have joined the Facebook group, and I will be monitoring this case pretty closely because, like the investigator Cheryl said, it's mind-blowing how this case has received hardly any recognition, and it's likely all that this case needs is just someone pounding the pavement to get this thing solved and to get the word out there and to keep it alive. There's also the idea that somebody knows something. So keeping Tammy's name out there, someone's bound to speak up, right? And with the likelihood that two people were involved in the killing of Tammy and when there's more than one, that doubles the chances of someone letting the truth slip. So again, somebody knows something. Somebody in that town has said something to someone about this case, and they just need to come forward. So I know you're like me, 
and you have so many questions. <laughs> when I first picked this case to cover, I didn't know what I would find. And when I started researching, I literally found a few news articles, two 20-minute podcast episodes, one of which being the CSI Atlanta podcast I mentioned earlier. And that was pretty much it. This has been the hardest episode to pull together, but I really think it's super important to share because it appears to be so close to being solved. So before we end today's episode, let's go over a few questions that we have and who we think could have committed this heinous crime. First off, who was her boyfriend? Was he involved or did he know who it could have done it? I couldn't find anything on this guy besides the comments that Stacy has made in various interviews. And I didn't even hear her mention his name. So he clearly was a shady character and trying to isolate Tammy. I don't think that really says anything about the crime. I don't want to believe that. I know like abusive and like controlling boyfriend boyfriends can do that. So he could have been controlling, but I don't think he's the murderer here. But I'm not really willing to rule that out either. <laughs> um, and again, he did seem eager to find the killer that night with Stacy's boyfriend, Danny. But whatever happened that night, I mean, that's a big question mark. Like, did anything come from that? Did they run into anybody? And where is he now? I genuinely have no idea. Stacy and Danny actually got married a few years after Tammy was killed. But sadly, he passed away a few years after the two got married. And Stacy really made it seem like she never really talked to him about the case or whatever happened with him and Tammy's boyfriend that random night. And then we also don't know the cause of death. We don't know if there were ever any suspects or if they ever spoke to anyone in connection with the murder. I'm sure they did, or I'm guessing they at least spoke to someone, but I can't find any record of that anywhere. I did find an article from 2019 where it just listed questions this person had about the case. And it was crazy what all is unknown to the public. And I will say some of the questions on this site, which is why I'm not going to list it, is we know answers to a few of these questions based on interviews that Stacy has done. So I won't get into all the questions, but I will list a few of them here just to give you an idea. So a few of those being what kind of car or tire type was used when running her over? Does the way of binding Tammy tell us anything about the killer? What were the results of the autopsy? Great question. Official cause of death, like I mentioned. Was she killed exactly where she was found? That would be huge. Was the knife used in the murder ever found? If so, has it been pres preserved and can it be tested now? The list goes on. And, and speaking of testing, I don't know what where they got the DNA from. I don't know that they're doing the testing now. I don't know if that's um, clothing or if it's all the evidence that could have DNA on it again not sure there's just nothing put out to the public now the reality here is someone is living with this big secret the killer or killers or someone they likely told about the murder I doubt they've kept this secret for 27 years it's bound to come out eventually and there's a lot of evidence that could be tested like her clothes the rope she was tied up with, the blood at the scene. And because typically in a stabbing situation, the person doing the stabbing will have injuries to their hands from their hands slipping down on the knife. Unless they're wearing thick gloves, which goes back to 
an organized killer. So we might be looking into a serial killer at the time. I don't know if that's been discussed um, anytime because nobody is that organized unless they've done this before. I wish I could find out the questions you guys have live during these podcasts because I'm dying to know what you guys think. I always get great feedback from cases like this that leave us asking so many questions. So be sure to head over to the podcast Instagram page at killer.kind.pod to give me all of your thoughts. Well, guys, that is all I have for you today as far as the case itself goes. It's such a horrific murder and it's extremely troubling that they have never found who did this because the person who did this has likely killed again in all reality or at least showed extreme anger and violence towards someone else within these last 27 years. Also, I highly recommend you go follow the Justice for Tammy Jackson Facebook page for the latest updates. I will do my best to share those updates to my personal page and the podcast Instagram for those that follow. Um, Hopefully, we can eventually get some answers to all the questions that we have, as well as the family who deserves them more than anyone else. Now, in October of 2020, Stacey Patterson shared the Cold Case Accountability Act petition. This act aims to support local law enforcement so they have the fiscal and human resources to address the American cold case epidemic. If you go to change.org and search the Cold Case Accountability Act, you should see it at the top of the list. It needs about 570 more signatures to reach 10,000. And after that, it should be sent to Washington for approval. It's only a signature. They do ask for donations for anyone who's willing. I didn't really read where those donations would go, so I'm not going to push you on that. But I do encourage you to sign the petition. And that is it for today's episode. Like I said, I know this can be solved. It's just a matter of time and having hope that the right people are staying on top of it. Now, as I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, I have an announcement to share with you guys. It's nothing crazy, but this is the number one question I get or the number one thing people say about the show. Why don't you put out episodes every week? I need more. I get that often. It's kind of funny and makes me happy that you guys want more. So I'm excited to announce that I will be putting out episodes every single week from now on. I'm a little nervous, to be honest. It's a big commitment, (laughs) but I love how excited you guys are for new episodes and the feedback I get from people that I know, but also from people that I don't know that reach out. I'm also looking to have someone design new album artwork for the show. I've reached out to a graphic designer and I'm sending her some ideas and kind of letting her run with that. So that's exciting. But go check on the Instagram page this week because I will be posting some questions on stories about what you want to see from me and what more you want from the podcast, like merch, different style episodes from time to time, maybe, or do you want me to not change a thing? (laughs) I also thought about playing with the idea of changing the release days. Do you like episodes coming out on Mondays? Would you prefer a different day of the week or are Mondays better? I want all of the feedback, like I said, because I started this podcast for myself and I just kind of did it for me. So now that we have so many people that have joined me, (laughs) I want to know what you guys want and I want to do more for you. So let me know what you want to see. 
But with all of that said, I think that's all I've got for you guys. I'll be back here next Monday for an all new episode. And until then, just stay safe out there. Bye guys.